This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello, my name is Deborah Fitzgerald, the editor of the Peninsula Pulse, and I am talking this morning with Nicholas Butler. Nicholas is an author um, who is going to be the main speaker for Write On's Gala on September 23rd. He's the author of five books, it looks like now. Well, good morning, Nick. Can I, should I call you Nicholas or Nick? No, just Nick is just fine. You're speaking to us from um, someplace out in the wilds of Wisconsin, where you live, correct? Uh, yeah, rural rural wilds, I think you could say. Uh, <laughs> okay. Trending, ever more suburban rural wilds. Okay. Like All right. And so Nicholas is the author of, is it five books now? Is Godspeed out? Godspeed, yeah, Godspeed's number five. All right. So um, it looks like you began publishing in uh, 2014 with Shotgun Love Songs. So that was your first novel. And it was really quite spectacularly received by the New York Times. I saw that you had two reviews. How did that feel? Yeah very, very surreal. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was not, I wasn't really prepared for any of that at that point in my career. I just sort of was wildly overwhelmed by it all. Hmm. So you had, uh, you'd gone to the University of Wisconsin-Madison. You grew up in what, Eau Claire? I grew up in Eau Claire, yep. Okay. And went to the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And then you went to the, what is considered to be the Harvard of writing programs, really, the Iowa's workshop. So when mm-hmm. did you graduate from there? I graduated Madison in, in 02, and then uh, I worked a long string of crappy jobs and <laughs> got into Iowa in 2010 and graduated in 2012. In 2012. So two years later, you finished your novel, which mm-hmm. were you working on that while you were in graduate school? I was working on Shotgun Love Songs in my second book as well, Beneath the Bonfire, yeah. Okay. So then two years later, you publish your novel and, and, and two reviews in the New York Times. I mean, I can't, that, that's just really pretty amazing. Yeah. They also came out to my house and filmed me just uh, doing stuff for three days, which was also wild. So. Um, hmm. So then after that um, was Beneath the Bonfire. That's a collection of short stories in mm-hmm. 2015. Uh, the Heart of Men, published in 2017. And Little Faith, also a novel, published in 2019. And now Godspeed, your latest book, 2021. That's quite the output. Yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I don't have another job. Okay. So if I don't if I don't write a book, then I don't know where uh, my income's coming from. And uh, I can also tell you, you know, candidly that with uh, with COVID, uh, my productivity the last eighteen months has not been very good because I was a stay at home, you know, well everybody was a stay at home sort of teacher and mm-hmm. cafeteria worker and school counselor and all those other things, and so. Um, 
I didn't I didn't get my normal output done these last eighteen months, twenty four months, something like that. So oh, wow. But okay. uh yeah. Well what is that routine like? I mean it certainly sounds like it's pretty productive during normal times. I've never really had a routine that I could succinctly describe to folks because we have two small kids, you know, I'm married. Mm-hmm. Um and so it it feels like um you know, the priority for me is being a dad and a husband. And, um, sometimes that means like, like this morning, for example, I did three loads of laundry and I'm (laughs) sitting in my living room looking at piles of folded laundry. And that's as much part of my process as, you know, sitting in some magical room or hut, you know, typing out a manuscript. So, Mm -hmm. um, I've just written where I could, when I could, um, Godspeed was written, uh, you know, in little snatches of time between like picking the kids up from school and taking them to swim practice. Mm. Um, if you really want to write, you just, you just find the time to make it happen. Yeah. So now have you always written? Pretty much. Yeah. I, uh, I had a teacher in the fifth grade, uh, a great guy, great man named Doug Smith, who, uh, who kind of got the ball rolling. And, um, I don't think I've ever really stopped since then. I've had periods of time maybe where I wasn't, you know, in my twenties when I was working that string of jobs where I wasn't putting my all into my writing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I wrote for a middle school paper and a high school newspaper and, um, and then, um, really started taking it seriously in my late twenties. Okay. So at the university of Wisconsin, Madison, did you, uh, major in writing? I did not. No, I majored in the ever marketable English degree. <laughs> hey, ditto. I hear you there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't even know there was a creative writing department at Madison. Interesting. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't know how that's possible, but I never, I never took a single creative writing class as an undergraduate. Wow. So what? So you graduated in 2002. So it would be what eight years later before you matriculated into Iowa. So Correct. what happened during the, that period of time where you were like, you know what? I think I want to be a writer. Well, I worked a lot of really crappy jobs, and uh, Let, let's I let's was, list those crappy jobs. What, yeah. <laughs> well, during that during that period of time in my life, uh, let's see here. I, I have I like a, coffee roaster, liquor store clerk, office yeah. manager, hot dog yeah. vendor, yeah. author escort. That sounds yeah. pretty interesting. It uh, sounds sexy, but it's it's really not. Okay. Uh, meat packer, bed and yeah. breakfast manager, telemarketer, yeah. and Burger yeah. King maintenance man. Yeah, Burger King maintenance man was earlier in my life. Okay. Uh, but uh, I think, and uh, telemarketer was a little earlier in my life too, but otherwise you got, I think you got that right. I don't think you missed anything. Okay. So, so you never really signed on for anything serious holding out for writing? Were you writing the whole time? How did that work? <laughs> I really wasn't holding, I wasn't holding out at all. Okay. Uh, holding out would have presumed that I, I, I had something to hold out for, uh, <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, um, you, you will recall that, you know, the early two thousands was a, was a horrible time in the American economy, a really bad time to find a job, a mm-hmm. really bad time for an English major to try to find a job in Madison, Wisconsin, where you've got like astrophysicists driving cabs and sure. things like that. Um, so I just took the jobs that I could find. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, 
they weren't all, you know, I say they were all crappy, but they weren't all crappy. Being a coffee roaster was a, a, actually a very fulfilling job and I learned a lot and I, mm. I learned a craft. Uh, but I think when my wife and I became pregnant with our first child, I, I was working at a liquor store. I was not making hardly any money. We were on state benefits. We were close to foreclosure and bankruptcy. And I just sort of had a conversation with myself about, you know, what kind of dad and husband and man I wanted to be. And Hmm. it might seem, uh, strange or illogical, but I, I thought, you know, the only thing that has ever always been around is writing. So I'm just going to try to become as good at writing as I can. Started taking classes and, um, started applying to grad school. And first year I applied to grad school, I didn't get in anywhere. Okay. And then that next year I got into Iowa and since then things have been pretty good. Wow. So, I mean, Iowa is, you know, I said, I said that not really just tongue in cheek. It really is the top writing school in the country. So you must've been pretty over the top when you got accepted into that curriculum. Yeah, I mean, I was I was working at Star Liquor at that time. I remember uh, Sam Cheng, the director of the program, called the liquor store to give me the good news. And, <laughs> um, I took the phone to the back of the store. I was sitting on a stack of Foster oil cans, you know, the big cans of Foster beer, and she told me that I'd been accepted. And wow, um, I she said, "Why is it so loud there? Where are you?" And I said. <laughs> I'm working at a liquor store, and she, that was new to her. She'd never called anyone to offer them a spot uh, while they were working at a liquor store. And interesting. Um, but my my colleagues there, like every job that I ever worked at, my colleagues, uh, I think, always knew that I wasn't destined to be at those jobs forever. Mm-hmm. And I remember we uh, we opened up a bottle of champagne as soon as the shift was done and um, cool. celebrated. So so perfect place to actually be when you do finally get the call. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So then were you writing the whole time while you were working these other jobs when you say that writing was really the only consistent thing? What does what does that mean? Were you were you yeah. always working on fiction? No, I was not always working on fiction. I actually my my first love was poetry. Oh. So, um in my early 20s and mid 20s, some of my biggest breaks were uh landing landing poems here or there. Um I also did some some journalism um for, uh, you know, publications in the Madison area where I was living. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really until until I had that conversation with myself where I thought about really working on fiction. I don't know why, why I, I turned to it at that time, except maybe I felt like I wasn't making any progress really in those other areas of writing. Mm. Um, yeah, so actually I didn't, I didn't start writing fiction until I was probably 20, 28, I guess. Oh, wow. Interesting. So then mm-hmm. when you when you submitted the first time to graduate schools, was it poetry yeah. or was it fiction that I you submitted? I think it might have been poetry. Interesting. Um, the second yeah. time was it fiction? Second time it was fiction, yeah. Okay. So then fiction finally found you when you were probably ignoring it all of those years. So yeah, maybe it yeah. finally forced I, you to. So so then you publish your book. It ha, it has great reviews, and and so then I think I read in here that uh, one of your books was published in France, 
and before it was actually even published in the United States, or shortlisted for yeah. two of France's most prestigious literary prizes, even yeah, before published air. How does that work? Um, I think it, it it's just based on a, a publisher's level of uh, excitement. Okay. Also, you know, practical things like, um, do they have space in their publishing calendar for you? Mm-hmm. Um, in the case of that book, they were very excited about the hearts of men. Um, okay. Uh, it, yeah, it just works, uh, very differently market to market. I mean, it's not always easy to understand, uh, shotgun love songs were published in Germany before it was published in the U S. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So hmm. I don't know. So has the, has publishing, you know, now you have, are, have you been with the same publisher for all five of your books? No, I have not. I've had, um, uh, three publishers. Okay. That period of time. Okay. And so is the publishing part of the business like what you expected or what did you expect and, and, and how has it maybe changed, uh, your view of the, the business of publishing? Yeah. Well, I had no, I had no real expectations going into it. Mm-hmm. I knew, I knew a bit about publishing because when I, when I was living in Madison, I, during one of those jobs, I, I worked at a bed and breakfast, and I was an author escort. So uh, <laughs> we had authors. We have to get to back state. to that. <laughs> yeah, we can come back to that. Uh, we had many. The bed and breakfast was attached to a bookstore, so the idea was authors would come in to do a reading, and then they'd stay at the bed and breakfast. Okay. So I met many, many famous writers during that period of time. And I had just a small inkling of what publishing was like from what they would, uh, complain about or whatever. Okay. Um, but I didn't really, I didn't really know anything. Um, and I, I think that's, I, I think one wonderful thing about living in Wisconsin is that I don't really pay a great deal of attention to what what's happening day to day in publishing. I know that things have changed over the period of time that I've been publishing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> There's been a lot of changes because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, mostly I think things are healthier if I just focus on my own stuff. Sure. Now, are yeah. you, uh, are you just, are you writing only? Are you teaching somewhere? I, I don't have a normal, like, I don't have a regular teaching job. This semester, I'm teaching a class uh, for Texas Tech University uh, mm-hmm. virtually. Okay. Um, but that's unusual. Um, most of the time, I've just been able to be a full-time writer. That fortunate. Um, so very, the, yeah, very yeah. fortunate. So and that, I don't know that it will always be that way, you mm-hmm. know, um, but, uh, but I've been lucky for, uh, what's it now, almost 10 years. Okay. So now what authors, um, have influenced you? You came to fiction kind of late, so I don't know if you were reading fiction before you started writing it. Um, I, well, I've always been, I've always read a ton of fiction. Um, and I, I mean, to name my, uh, I know it's a tricky question. (laughs) Well, it's not tricky. It's just like a link, like how long do we have? Yeah. Uh, Right. Right. I mean, I love Jim Harrison and Rick Bass and Thomas McGoyne and Annie Poole and Toni Morrison and, uh, Ken Kesey. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I mean, I have, I have a ton of influences. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. What do you find is the toughest part about writing? Oh, well, there's a lot, there's a lot of tough things about it. I mm-hmm. mean, nothing is assured in writing. Um, most people go to their job and, um, and they can expect a paycheck every two weeks. And mm-hmm. if they're competent, even comp, just competent at their job, they can probably advance over the years uh, and make more money and, and have uh, benefits. Um, and writing is absolutely not like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would think that as you published longer, you would have more success. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lonely job. You know, you're just by yourself most of the time talking to imaginary people <laughs> inside your head. Right. And you can't really talk to anybody else about that because mm-hmm. uh, they don't know what's going on inside your head. Um, but it's also a beautiful job because I don't have a boss. Mm-hmm. And I think our culture still values storytellers. So um, I think people... You know, it's almost like, almost like an older vocation. Like when we were still a tribal people, hmm. when you tell somebody that you're a writer, they sort of, uh, I think they sort of have a respect for that. Yeah. Um, which is neat, which is neat and meaningful to me. Um, and good to hear that that's still the case. I think so. I mean, it's not, of course it's not completely the case. I mean, other, you know, if you're deadly focused on money and prestige, you might yeah. not be impressed with the writer, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I feel very fortunate to have, to have been doing it for so long. It was really, books have always been my passion. So, um, even though I wasn't necessarily working on say fiction, writers were still my heroes. So to be in this spot, to have been doing it at a high level for 10 years, I mean, I feel just incredibly lucky. Hmm. So what is the source of your ideas, do you think? And and how do you go about um, developing your characters and the plot of the novel? Meaning, are you writing into yeah. it, or do you have a pretty much preconceived idea? How does that work? Um, it's a good question. And unfortunately, the answer isn't always the same. Mm-hmm. Um like for a book like Godspeed, I had a family friend come over to our house back in 2014, I guess it was, and he told me this kind of crazy story, and I oh. thought that would make for a great book. Um, and then it took me years to figure out how to where to set the book and who the characters were and how the plot was going to move forward, but. Mm-hmm. But that's where the idea for that book came from. But that's totally different than a book like Shotgun Love Songs, which, you know, I mean, it's not a very plot-heavy book. It's mostly about characters and emotion, mm-hmm. and, and that book just sprang from a place of loneliness and homesickness, and mm. um, it was more about finding an emotional like gravity um, than it was finding a amazing plot and which is probably the more difficult when you're basing it just on characters right i don't know i mean i i think it's just again it's it, it's uh i always feel um ill-suited to answer some of these very specific questions because i feel like uh it changes book to book mm-hmm. uh, i don't always know i i don't have a formula mm. you know what i mean um Say I was writing a mystery 
series. Mm -hmm. I would have a formula. Um, And then maybe I would play with the formula. Maybe I would say, well, we want to enhance this character or develop this character, or maybe maybe I want to write something that's slightly darker. Okay, fine. Well, I, I, I can say that all five of my books maybe have similarities, but they're, they're also very different. Mm-hmm. Um, so they come from different places. Sure. Now, um, I, I noticed that um, when I was in graduate school, uh, the, the advisors that I had who were the best teachers um, were sometimes not the ones who were the most widely published or awarded authors. And so I often wondered how much of it is uh, just subconscious for the very talented writers. Like, how do you know, you know, the process is kind of mysterious as opposed to being something that you can say, I know how I did this. I know exactly how I went from here to there. I know how to get from here to there. Which would you describe yourself as? Are you able to articulate what it is that you do or does it just happen? Well, I think I can, of course I can articulate what I can do, but, but, um, asking, uh, an overarching question about like my, uh, career makes it difficult to, to answer because I think each project has been different. So, you know, work from book to book, the process was different. Um, and I could tell you about that specifically, um, but uh, so I'm not really sure how to how to answer that question. I mean, I all I know is what works for me. Yes. And um, what works for me is that I try to write a book about every two years, hopefully, and um, I spend years thinking about a plot so that when I sit down at the computer, I I try to never ever be um, stuck. Oh. I try to have thought thought it through so that I I know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I, I care a lot about language on a molecular level. I want to write interesting sentences, but Mm -hmm. I also think the most important thing is the story and the characters. And I try to create characters that people can identify with or, um, and, uh, and I don't, I don't know beyond that. Yeah. Do you draw from your own life? Uh, shotgun love songs. I'm thinking it's about, um, four high school buddies and um a female and five five friends i mean five friends and it takes them through after high school years for about what two decades um is are there any of those things that are somewhat you know culled from your experience in the world of course yeah i mean you know i don't know the first thing about music Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, I don't. I I love music. Uh, I listen to music all the time. I grew up in a house where we listen to music, but I don't. I don't know how to read music. Uh, I've never taken any theory, theory classes. But when I was writing about music, I wasn't really writing about music. I was writing sure. about write, writing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And how difficult it is to be an artist. Oh. And um, and I was writing about what I had experienced, which was a strange moment in your early thirties where, um, some people have gained a 
a lot of um, success mm-hmm. and other people have not gained that success and marriages seem to be entering their first challenges. Mm-hmm. Some people find it very easy to, for example, to have kids and other people, uh, it's um, uh, like a frustrating sort of tragedy for them. Mm-hmm. Um and there's also an interesting swirl of emotions at that time. Are you outgrowing the easy friendships of your youth? Are you mm. growing closer? Are you feeling jealous? Um, and so that's where that that book sprang from, which was, of course, all things that I was experiencing at that time. Okay. And Shotgun Love, St- uh, Love Songs, that's actually the name of the album that made one of the characters, the rock star character, famous. Right. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. Correct, yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you have a favorite among the books that you've published? Uh, I, I, that's a difficult question because, of course, I care about all, all of them. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like when you answer that question, what, what you sometimes inadvertently do is push potential readers to one title in particular. Sure. Um, but um, I, I love Little Faith. Um, I put everything I had into that book. Okay. Um, and it's got a lot, it's probably, people wouldn't maybe necessarily recognize it as such, but it, it might be the most personal of the books that I've written. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So some of them probably come easier than others? Um, or are they pretty much all the same no, level? No, I mean, uh, well, Godspeed was a sort of a trial, you know, I mean, I wrote it rather quickly. Okay. It was something different for me, uh, more of a literary thriller. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a component of that book that's about meth addiction. And mm. so um, my like research into that and, and trying to write about that drug authentically was uh, di- difficult mm-hmm. and, and grimy, a little bit grimy. Uh, mm. um, so I think maybe to date that's, the most difficult one. I mean, with shotgun love songs, I didn't know what I was doing. So mm. that, that, that was something, you know, okay. I just was kind of plodding along in the dark. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you get a lot of help from, um, the editing process? Is that a little bit different than what you might've anticipated? Um, the most important editor throughout my career has been my agent, Rob McQuilkin. Oh, um, okay. he's kind of my first reader. And he's a former editor, and he is. Uh, if you saw one of his, um, one of the drafts of uh, my books that he's marked up, you would think I I had zero talent at all. Just, <laughs> it's always ink. kind of shocking to see that the first time, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty pretty stunning for me too. Mm-hmm. So, um, Nick, you must be working on another book now because it, it's 2021 and you have one that has come out. So right, have right, you started right. the new project yet? Uh, I did. I have started a new project. I have to be a little cagey about answering your question sure. exactly, but I have started another book and I'm, pr- I'm pretty excited about it. So. Okay. Well, excellent. Yeah. Well, yeah. we look forward to seeing you in Dora County. That's in a couple of weeks. How did, uh, um, have you ever been here before? Yeah, many times. I, in fact, I honeymooned uh, in Dork, oh. Dork County. Almost, good Lord, what year are we in? 16 years ago. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, we started in Bailey's Harbor, and we made our way out to Rock Island uh, wow. for our honeymoon. So we had a great, great honeymoon. And uh, I try to get back at least 
once a year. I've got good friends uh, that live outside of Bailey's Harbor, and we uh, have a fun weekend every year. And oh, excellent! Yeah, one, of the, one of the happiest spots uh, in Wisconsin for me. Oh, good. All right. Well, I look forward to meeting you when you come out. And again, that's going to be this yeah. is uh, Nicholas Butler. He is the author of five books. He is going to be um, the main speaker at the Write On Gala, which is September 23rd. And I know that tickets are still um, on sale. So thank you very much for talking with us on the Door County Pulse podcast. Again, this is Nicholas Butler. Thank you, Nick. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.